Welcome to episode number 49 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast, where we're creating a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we're talking about dust hazard analysis requirements for owners and operators as specified in NFPA 652. In this episode, we'll be talking about the general requirements for owners and operators. We'll talk about hazard identification, and then we'll move into dust hazard analysis. What is included? Who can reform dust hazard analysis? And give some examples of resources. So the first question is, why is this you know an important topic? And there's a couple of reasons. Obviously, this is a dust hazard analysis, an ongoing discussion that we're having on the podcast with experts from North America and even around the world, as uh, other other groups start to pick this up as well. And I really want to outline what the owner and operator requirements are as specified in the latest 2019 edition of NFPA 652. So we're going to go through the general requirements, specifically what it states about owners and operators and what's needed there for hazard identification and for hazard analysis. This is also important with giving the landscape and the times. The upcoming deadline to have a DHA completed is September 7th, 2020. So this will be just about 12 months after this episode comes out, actually closer to 11 months by the time it gets published. I just want to lay the groundwork and the background on what the requirements that are specified in NFPA 62, the 2009 version are. So a couple notes about the NFPA standards and engineering guidelines. One is that they have a a specific structure to them. So NFPA 652 is the central document, I guess, the fundamentals on combustible dust. This gives the sort of groundwork or general overview of the the whole framework. Then there are commodity-specific and industry-specific standards. These include NFPA 61 on agricultural dust, 665 on sulfur, 484 on combustible metals, 664 on wood processing dust. Then NFPA 654 gives the requirements for other particulates and also covers a range of other topics as well. And then these all point to the how-to standards. So these are your standards for explosion prevention, explosion protection, and fire and flash fire prevention and protection, as well as electrical area classification. These are NFPA 68, 69, 70. Then there are also other guidelines within NFPA that they reference that are outside the NFPA system within all these, these standards. So the big point there is that there's a framework. NFPA 652 sits on top as sort of the general requirements. Then there's commodity-specific and industry-specific standards. Then there's the how-to guidance. So we're covering today is from 652, this is on the, the kind of general guidance. The other note I want to make is about the layout of the NFPA documentation itself. The body of the document generally includes terms around requirements. So terminology is shall do this, shall do that, shall cover these three things, shall include these four things. The annexes that are given are the appendices, they're, they're specified as annexes in the documentation. They are given as background or reference information. So generally the terminology there is should. So we'll actually be jumping back and forth. I'll try to use the correct terminology and try to specify when something's coming from the annexes and when something's actually in the body of the NFPA documentation. So as I mentioned, we're going to go through the general requirements. We're going to talk about what they are for owners and operators, um, what's coming up, and then we'll get more into dust hazard analysis and what the documentation says there. So chapter four in the NFPA 652 document is about general requirements around combustible dust. And the first kind of section there, section 4.1, says that the owner-operator shall be responsible for a couple things. But the first two are determining the combustibility and explosibility hazards of materials. This is in accordance to chapter 5 of the 
NFPA 652 document, and then identifying and assessing any fire, flash fire, or explosion hazards in accordance with Chapter 7. So it makes these two very specific notes at the start of this documentation. So Chapter 5 on hazard identification is all around knowing the whether or not your material poses a fire, flash fire, or dust explosion hazard. Um, so the first of these is your general fire requirement, and then can it deflagrate as a cloud? This could be a fireball, which causes a flash fire, and if it has confinement, then it could be a, a dust explosion that leads to pressurize and destruction of equipment. So the whole point of Chapter 5, then, in this first requirement, it really lays around testing of your materials, one, about the combustibility properties, and two, about the deflagration properties. So can it react as a layer or as a pile? And can it react as a dust cloud? And how fast is that reaction? Is it fast enough to be a fire hazard, a flash fire hazard, or an explosion? So we've covered combustible dust testing before on the podcast, so we're not going to go into that too much detail. Um, we covered that in episode 21 with Martin Cluche, Understanding the Combustible Dust Testing Process. And there's actually a, a really great chapter in this in a new guidebook called Methods and Chemical Process Safety, Volume 3, specifically on dust explosions. And that is Chapter 4, talking about dust explosion test methods, written by Dr. Ashok Dasadar. And I was actually co-author on this guidebook. Myself and Dr. Jeff Snowies from Fike Europe wrote Chapter 3 on lost history around the world. So that's a really good reference. Uh, you can find that at dustsafetyscience.com slash resources. And it's got a bunch of chapters around hazard identification, risk analysis, hazard analysis, lost history, and fundamentals of combustible dust explosion. So it's a, it's a good reference as well, which you've added to our reference list on the website. So we've covered this requirement to identify the hazards associated with the materials that you're using. This is the chapter five. But the one that I want to dig into for the remainder of this episode is the requirement to identify and assess, assess any fire, flash fire, or explosion hazards in accordance with chapter seven. And chapter seven within NFPA 652 is all around dust hazard analysis. I just want to read some of the opening subsections because they have some important points that uh, need to be considered for owners and operators. So section subsection 7.1.1.1 says that DHA shall be completed for all new processes and facility compartments. Point two says that it needs to be completed for all existing processes and facility compartments by September 7, 2020. So this is where this retroactive requirement comes in to have this completed by all facilities handling combustible dust as defined in the chapter five on hazard identification and experimental testing. So a couple more points from this, this opening section for dust hazard analysis. 7.1.3 states that the absence of previous incidents shall not be used as a basis for not performing a DHA. So we've talked about this on the podcast as well. For example, at Imperial Sugar, they had their first internal memo, or there was an internal memo found discussing the issues with fugitive dust accumulations in the facility and talking about the severe risk of a dust explosion as far back as 1967. There's also consultant reports about the dust hazard or dust collection system being you know, woefully undersized and in bad disarray right before the catastrophic explosion in January 2008. So this facility ran in these kind of conditions for 40 plus years. They did have fires and explosions, but never one that injured or fatally injured any workers. And then they did. So you can't use, you know, the justification that hasn't happened yet as a justification for not doing a DHA. In this case, you could have made that justification that nobody's been injured or killed for 41 years, 
until they, they had the case where somebody was. So that's a, an important point. 7.1.4 says that the DHA shall be reviewed and updated at least every five years. So this is something you need to come back to and be updating with your systems. There is a note in the annex that the DHA methodology is not necessarily the same as that in the OSHA process safety management regulations or PSM regulations. So this is not the same as requiring the requirements within the process safety management regulations. Um, but they do give an example, and we'll talk about this in a, in a couple of moments, about what a DHA might be then. They talk about what it's not in the annex, um, and then in Annex B, they give an example about what it uh, could be. So that brings it around to the question of what is included in a dust hazard analysis as specified by the NFPA 652 guidance. So the definition given in the, the guidance is that a DHA is a systematic review to identify and evaluate the potential fire, flash fire, or explosion hazards associated with the presence of one or more combustible dust or combustible particulate solids in a processing facility. It says, in general, DHA shall include identification and evaluation of locations where hazards exist, identification and evaluation of specific hazard scenarios, identification of existing safeguards, recommendations of additional safeguards where warranted, and a plan for implementation of additional safeguards. So I'll say that in, in different words. So you need to identify where hazards exist, what those are, what's in place already, and what is the difference then between what's there and what's required by the NFPA's prescriptive requirements, then give a plan on actual implementation of that. In the annex, they go through and explain a... Actually, this is, this is actually in the body of the, the NFPA documentation. It says each part of the process shall be evaluated. So this each piece of equipment and each line in between the equipments, each conveyor, each duct, and each building or building compartment shall be evaluated. So the building as a whole needs to be evaluated internally for things like future dust accumulations, then any smaller compartments as well, as well. So it is really going through your whole facility, looking at each piece. And you can think of this as sort of a node-based analysis where you break these all these components down. They do explicitly say that it must include each piece of process equipment and each uh, compartment in the building. The annex itself gives guidance on what could or should constitute a process, a building, or a compartment, and says that it includes things like ducts, conveyors, silos, bunkers, and importantly, hidden areas within the facility, above drop ceilings, things like that are important to consider in a DHA. It also says in the annex that the elimination of accumulated fugitive dust is critical, and they capitalize critical and the single most important criteria for a safe workplace. So they're really indicating here the importance of avoiding incident sequences and escalation of those sequences by having things like accumulated combustible dust outside of processing equipment. So that's generally the guidance on what is included in a dust hazard analysis. They also give guidance on who can perform a DHA. So section 7.2.2 says that a DHA shall be performed or led by a qualified person. And then the definition given for qualified person in the front matter is a person who, by possession of skill, recognized degree, certificate, professional standing, or and who, by knowledge, training, experience, has demonstrated the ability to deal with the problems related to the subject matter, the work, or the project. So in general, then, they actually in indicate in the annex, they expand this definition a bit, say that the person should be familiar with conducting a DHA, familiar with the hazards of combustible dust, but they also go on to say that it really should be a team that's involved. So for a full, small process, this may be a team of two, somebody who's a combustible dust expert and an expert at facilitating DHAs. 
And then somebody specifically from the processing operation that knows that or is familiar with that process, its history, its previous incidents, its operation and maintenance. Those are kind of the smallest size team you should have. And they can go up from there. You have a facilitator that's separate from the combustible dust specialist. And you could have other members of the team that are important for different parts of the process. So we talked about this definition before on the podcast in episode 12, qualified persons and combustible hazard training with Jason Reason. And that's still pretty open. And there's not a lot of guidance right on who can and can't do a dust hazard analysis or what level of requirement makes you qualified. We talked about this a bit with Mike Merrington in episode 15 of the podcast. He suggested that maybe we need to have a, a system where we're certifying people to be able to do DHA. So that's something that's not really been explored so much in the, the North America system to date. So that gives you an idea of what the requirements are, again, for owners and operators in facilities potentially handling combustible dust. Requirement number one is to is hazard identification, actually knowing the combustibility properties and the uh, deflagration properties of your materials. Those need to be either determined through looking at historical data of your specific dust at your facility or by testing. And I think they give a, a pretty strong you know, nod to, to having your material tested specifically if it hasn't been tested before. Then part number two of that, which is doing a dust hazard analysis. This is a requirement for all processes that are operating in facilities handling combustible dust by September 7, 2020. The specifics on how to do a dust hazard analysis are not given in the body of the NFPA documentation fully. They do give a really good example in Annex B of NFPA 652, going through a kind of typical powder processing operation. From memory, I believe it has sort of a a hopper, screw conveyor down to a miller, set of screens, then up to a conveying system and, and then through some other pieces of equipment. Then they also have a dust collection system. So they walk through that, talk about things like how can the particle size of the dust change throughout that system? How may that influence how it's viewed in the dust hazard analysis? And also things like will the dust be dispersed at certain rates of speed for the transport equipment and things like that. So it's a really great example. There's also examples in guidelines for combustible dust hazard analysis released by the Center for Chemical Process Safety. There's also some good references and guidelines in this new textbook that I mentioned, Methods in Chemical Process Safety, Volume 3 on Dust Explosions. This, again, was edited by Dr. Paul Amia and Dr. Faisal Khan in Chapter 5 on hazard identification, developed by Walter Frank and given by Walter Frank for that uh, book. Gives some really great background on this as well, so I'd recommend that as, as reading for people. So this gives you an idea of the different resources you can go to learn how DHA should be reformed. They could be done like a node-based analysis, which is generally what's given in the back of the Annex B and NFP 652. Could be a what is an what if analysis. Could be a checklist-based. It could be a hazard and operability study, HAZOP study. There's some different ways to satisfy this requirement to do a DHA, and it's really up to the facility themselves working with a combustible dust expert or specialist in the field to be able to come up with the best approach that apply for that facility. So that's it for this episode of the podcast. Again, we just want to go through and give an idea what NFPA 652 says about the requirements for owners and operators in their facilities. We talked about you know why this is important. We gave some background, the framework of the NFPA guidelines. We talked about how the body includes requirements and then the annexes include background information. Then we went through some of the actual specific notes that are in there, things like hazard identification, 
knowing what materials you're using, and then the requirements for dust hazard analysis. What is it and and how can and who can actually perform it? So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and found it interesting and useful. I believe you can get a free copy of the NFPA 652 document on the NFPA website. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how to do that because we generally purchase them, but you can either purchase it there. I think there's actually free copies I can view using some online portal or something like that. As always, we will put the show notes from this episode at dustsafetyscience.com slash 49. If you have any questions, you can leave a comment in the show notes. We'll answer it there or go to dustsafetyscience.com slash ask and we'll bring somebody on to talk about that or discuss it after doing some research ourselves. And as always, I appreciate you listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. I hope you have a safe and productive week ahead. And I appreciate everything you're doing in industries handling combustible dust and facilities handling combustible dust around the world every day. Mm-hmm.